0: Hey, greetings, everyone. Lieutenant Colonel Allen West here, and welcome to the Steadfast and Loyal Podcast.
1: You gotta light them up before they burn it down.
0: Soul. Ooh, they burn it
1: down. Save us all. Before
0: they burn it down, hey, folks, welcome back to the Step and Law Podcast. Tommy Lauren is the Outkick host of Tommy Lauren is Fearless with new episodes every Monday, Wednesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, which features her signature bold takes on trending culture stories, driving the conversation across America, along with guest interviews with newsmakers spanning the world of sports, entertainment, pop culture and social media. She also serves as a Fox News media contributor, as well as the exclusive voice of Fox News commentary on fox news audio we're joined with tommy lauren tommy thanks so very much for taking the time to be with us
1: colonel allen west you are always one of my favorite people to talk to and i'm so happy i've had to have you on the show, and over the years, yes. I've had you on my show on every, pretty much every platform I've ever had. So it's always great to talk to you, and I always appreciate you. Well,
0: I will tell you, you are without a doubt, when they talk about a fearless young person and, you know, the hope for this country, when you look at conservatism, that's you. And that's what I want to talk about first and foremost. How was it that you were able to burst on the scene? You know, I read your bio and how you got started there at University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, producing a show that was basically the political political roundtable show. Tell us about that and how that kind of, you know, piqued your interest to continue along in this line.
1: So I grew up in Rapid City, South Dakota, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a, a relatively small town in a small state. So I grew up with ranching on both sides of my family, just good, decent, hardworking, mostly conservative folks, who didn't want a lot from anybody, just wanted the government to leave them alone, Mm -hmm. wanted to live their lives, love their country, love their family, put their faith first. And I noticed growing up when I would watch mainstream media, particularly, you know, the ABC News and CNN, I felt like they just brushed over the entire part of the country that I was from. They didn't really seem to care much about us even though obviously we bring agriculture we have rich tourism in mount rushmore there's a lot of things about where i grew up that are important to this nation the backbone of this nation in a lot of ways and we were just completely skipped over so i always had an opinion about that and i always wanted to express that opinion to people in a very plain way simple to understand way authentic direct passionate way So that's why, you know, I I caught completely out of my comfort zone. I went to Las Vegas to school, a very interesting place to go to school from South Dakota. And I just wanted to do what I'm doing now. And I had a relentless pursuit of that. And you know better than anybody, if you have a laser focus on something that you want to do and accomplish and you let nobody get in your way, you're probably going to accomplish it with the help of a lot of great people along the way. And I was blessed to have that. Well, you
0: know, it's interesting because, you know, you hear that term out there flyover country and it's that part, which is really the the red portion of the United States of America where the left just says, you know, we're the coastal elites. We don't care about those people. We don't care about those principles and values. Actually they're kind of Neanderthals and we just seek to move along. What was the big challenge for you coming from, you know, ranch girl from rapid city, South, uh, Uh, Dakota to Las Vegas, Nevada. I mean, that's a big leap.
1: It was. And it was great for me because growing up, I mean, when you're in a small conservative state, everybody is more or less pretty similar, more or less conservative. So it was great for me to be around people that grew up in completely different places than I did, had different ways of thinking That was formative for me to be able to have those discussions and that dialogue. Growing up, I knew that there were people out there that were liberal-leaning or more Democrat-leaning, but until I went to school in Las Vegas, I never really interacted with those people. Most everybody I interacted with growing up was Republican or a moderate Republican or conservative in some shape or form, so it was great for me to go to a school like that and learn from other people and talk to other people, and that's why I always tell people it's great to have conservative friends, it's great to have like-minded circles. But if you really want to learn and you want to perfect your own opinions and your own convictions, talk to people who don't agree with you and have honest dialogue and conversation. And that's what really helped propel me into what I'm doing now, because I learned a lot about other people. And it was great to have that background. Las Vegas is a very diverse place. UNLV is a very diverse place. So that was formative for me to be able to have those conversations. And it's
0: interesting you bring that up because when you look at our colleges and university campuses today, they don't want that free exchange of ideas. Uh, the people on the left, you know, they don't want to talk to someone that doesn't think and believe as they do. And they operate in their own echo chamber. And I think that's why it's really easy for those of us on the constitutional conservative side to win debates against them because they really, you know, once they get past that initial talking point, they got nowhere else to go. I mean, do you see that as as something uh, consistently going on right now with you?
1: Yeah, especially with young people. And I worry now because it wasn't that long ago that I graduated from UNLV. Mm But I've noticed now going and speaking on college campuses. I mean, just last year I went to UNM in New Mexico and Albuquerque and the SWAT team had to be called because people wanted to break down the door and assault me and all the people that went to listen to me speak at the TPUSA chapter. So it's become much more militant now. It's not just I disagree with you, it's I disagree with you. And also I feel it's my moral obligation to hurt you. And that's unfortunate. That's why a lot of these young people are so quiet. They don't feel like they can be conservative anymore. And if you shutter that for long enough and you bury it deep within you long enough, eventually you are going to lose your ideals and your convictions. And that's what's happening to our young people. And that's why, to me, my career really sprang from wanting to wake up young people, show them that the side of liberty and freedom is the side that they truly want to be on and communicate that message to them so they don't get lost in the weeds on these big liberal indoctrination campuses.
0: You know, it's interesting that you have this group out there that calls itself anti-fascist Antifa, but yet they're the real fascists. Uh, You know, they want to knock you upside the head because they don't uh, agree with you. And so... It's funny how they try to project that on, onto us because they're not able to win a debate and they're not able to to win the conversation because, you know, they really and truthfully don't understand what they believe in. They just know that through coercion, intimidation, uh, fear mongering and tactics and ultimately violence, they can get that through. So. How does Tommy Lauren go from, you know, producing and directing the uh, scramble at uh, UNLV-TV to being on OANN, the uh, One America News Network? Because that's where you just exploded onto the scene. And, and I got to tell you, you know, when I first graduated from college, I just wanted to go jump out of airplanes and shoot commies. OK, but here you are uh, on, on the screen all across the United States of America. What was that like?
1: Well, for me, I wanted to go and work somewhere that was conservative. And for me, Fox News wasn't really an option at that point. I mean, it's very hard. I really commend the people that are able to get a Fox News internship because they didn't look twice at me coming from UNLV. I had no connections at Fox News. I actually tried to get an internship at The Blaze. Same thing happened. Didn't have any connections there, so it wasn't going to happen for me. And so instead of looking for an internship, I thought, all right, well, just skip a couple steps. I'll look for a job. And I found One American News Network, which sends has gotten some notoriety and people know what it is. But when I got there, it was just starting out in San Diego, California, packed up, moved to San Diego. And you know the owner at the time, I believe he still is, just told me, hey, I want you to do a show, so just go for it. And I had to just create something from nothing. And I knew that I wasn't gonna be able to compete with people that have done this for many, many years who went to Ivy League schools or who were Harvard educated. That just wasn't me. But what I could offer is plain speaking, a direct personality and somebody who just told it like it was. And I really had no fear of offending anybody that was never within me. And I just did that and people responded to it. And that's what got me, you know, all the way through what America to the blaze. Now, of course, being on Fox News and OutKick, and it was just being authentically myself and not trying to be anything other than that. And I've maintained that. And though I've learned a lot along the way, I'm still just me and I've never tried to be anything that I'm not. Well,
0: it, the interesting thing is that you just said, you, you know, you tried to get started out at Fox news on an internship and the blaze on an internship that didn't work out. You go to one America news and then you end up going to the blaze and having a show you end up going to to Fox news and, and being still being a contributor there, you know, that goes back to this thing. I think that a lot of young people got to understand it's not about the participation trophy. It's about incrementally growing and and establishing yourself instead of saying that I'm going to come into the military and I'm going to go right to be a, a major or a lieutenant colonel. You got to start off as a second lieutenant. What are the, some of the things that you would loan as far as advice to young people coming out of college, young conservatives that are looking at making that inroads just the same as you did?
1: I know that it's kind of an overused uh, piece of advice, but honestly, it's outworking everybody else. And I do that to this very day. I pretty much say no to nothing. I do everything that I possibly can. I will always be that reliable person that will be there if they need me at 4.30 in the morning for Fox and Friends First. That will be me because I understand that I have, Uh, such a blessing in my hands to be able to do this. So I do as much as I can. And I want to have that reputation no matter where I go, that I will outwork everybody. Uh, To this day, I still write every piece of content that I ever put out there. I script everything myself. I have all my own original ideas and opinions. And that is what's carried me through. And I think right now, and I know that you know this, there's a lot of people, a lot of great young people out there making conservative content. The part that i worry about is that some people are seeing the dollar signs and they're seeing the quick money that comes along with grifting, and they don't understand that being a flash in the pan is not going to give you a career yes. that's lasted as long as mine has or certainly as yours has so i hope that young people understand that you really have to work hard and even where, when you get where you want to go you still have to work hard it's a consistency thing and people will learn about you and your character your consistency.
0: One of the things that I so admire about you, uh, because you've got a warrior spirit, I don't know where it comes from, but you're one hell of a fighter. And so when the progressive socialist left will, will come at you and shoot at you, you turn around and drop a 10 kiloton nuclear bomb on them. Uh, let's talk about the book, You know, Never Play Dead, How the Truth Makes You Unstoppable. Where did you get that sense of of fearlessness? Because I got to tell you, I just came up from up in Washington, D.C. I wish we could take your blood and inject it to a whole bunch of Republican House and senators up there because they got no cojones, man. And and you are carrying it. So how did this come about? I mean, is this something through your upbringing in South Dakota or what?
1: Yeah, it has a lot to do with that. For me, what I believe in and my values and my convictions have always been more important to me than fitting in. And that's with the left or the right, because as you know, I've taken a lot of hits from the right yeah. right now, we're in the midst of a, what's going to be a really contentious primary season. And you know, my, My mega supporters and all the people that I've been with for so many years, I have a slightly different opinion than them on certain things. And so they're coming after me now. But it's one of those things that I will never, ever sacrifice what I truly believe in to be popular or to appease any group. And that is what has carried me through as long as I've been able to do this is maintaining that because people know whether they like what I say or they dislike what I say. They know I'm going to shoot them straight and I'm going to be honest and I'm not doing it for a paycheck, for a dollar sign. None of that. I don't care if you like me. I would rather be honest. And I think the problem with a lot of our representatives that go to Washington, D.C., is they see, you know, the lights, camera action of all of it and they forget why they're there and who sent them. So having a a level of being grounded is important. And I think for me, the way that I stay so grounded is that so many people dislike me and say so many horrible things about me that the people that love me and say great things, it really balances me out. So you can never get a big head, but I also don't sit in a hole when people don't like me. It's a really balanced way to live. It's unconventional, but It works for me at this point.
0: You know, my dad had a maxim. And of course, when I was young, you know, I didn't understand it, but I do now. He said, never read your own press and never drink your own tub water. You know, you're not concerned about the other people, what they say, and you don't get full of yourself. And and that really is something that I've seen consistently with you. And I think that's why you're still in this fight and you still have this incredible eight million people that are following you on social media because you're consistent in who you are. Like indifferent whatever, but you can be trusted to be who you are. And so... Let's talk about that, being a young conservative woman in the United States of America. Most people will look at you and say, you're going to be on the other side. Just the same as people look at me and think that, you know, because I'm black, I'm supposed to be on the other side. When I look at what is happening now, to me, there is a real war on women from the progressive socialist left. The fact that we just had this goofy group called the Southern Poverty Law Center put Moms for Liberty on a hate group list. You got to be, you know, wedding me. I mean, what are your thoughts on this crap?
1: Yeah, well, I think that I remember back in 2012 when it was Mitt Romney that was supposed to be waging a war on women. Mm -hmm. So, regardless of how you feel about Mitt Romney now, I'm not necessarily a fan. But during that election time, that was the card that the left used is that the right and Republicans, conservatives were waging a war on women. And now, flash forward to here we are in 2023, and you've got democrats socialists liberals communists really actually waging a war on women and that they actually want to erase women because they want to take away our accolades they want to take away our spaces our sports all the things that so many women on both sides of the aisle have fought so hard for and now they have a new favorite group and that's their lgbtqia whatever group and now they believe that their rights and their feelings trump our rights and our feelings that we've been fighting so hard for so i do believe that conservatives are now the new feminists and true feminists because what i see from the other side really isn't feminism how feminism began and was birthed what i see now is an advocacy for really unfettered abortions and that's about it because the feminists are not standing up for women or women's spaces or the integrity of things belonging to women they're really just standing up for abortion and that's where they that's where they end their advocacy so i think conservatives are the new feminists and we will carry it back to its original intent And we'll run with it
0: you know it's interesting you say that because you're you're right i mean you can't say mother it's birthing persons uh you know i remember when title IX was going on i mean we had the great pat summit who was the head coach there of uh university of tennessee women's uh, lady vols basketball team and that fight to get you know the viability and the credibility for women's sports But yet now, all of a sudden, now you can be some biological male who sucked in the swimming pool. And now you can say, oh, you know, my name is Leah and I want to swim against the girls. And and people are actually saying, that's fine. That's okay. We're going to put you on the front of a magazine. How are young women, you know, receiving this? Because I think that there is a shift that's going on. When I look at you, Riley Gaines, that is out there. How, how will this change the political atmosphere and landscape? Because you now are truly the real feminists. These other folks were just faux feminists, I think, and that's why they're silent.
1: I think that young girls have to have people to look up to. And that's why what Riley Gaines has done has been so important, especially when it comes to women and collegiate sports. They have to have somebody to look to and say, that person is saying what I want to say, but I feel like I can't. Because if you have a void of that, then everybody just listens to what is the cult of the left, the mind virus. And they don't want to ruffle any feathers and they don't want to be disliked and they don't want to have no friends. So they go along with it. So having somebody to look up to and say, that girl is standing for me, that does a lot in the way of making room for more conversations to be had. So I think for for young female conservatives, for all young conservatives out there, it's just understanding that it might be scary at first to have an opinion that's unlike your friends. But if you do it and you do it repeatedly and you never sacrifice your ideals, you will have friends on the other side who respect you, which in the long run is a lot better than having people on the other side who only respect you because you've kept quiet. So that's my message. Be yourself. And the people that don't like it, let the trash take itself out. That's just a very simple way to live your life. And it'll do people very well to follow that.
0: What's next for Tommy Lauren? I know that, you know, Proverbs says that we're we're not supposed to trust in our own understanding, lean upon the Lord, heal God and direct us. But in your heart, where do you see yourself in the next three to five years? How can you continue to be an impactful person out there in this conservative movement?
1: Well, I'm really lucky to be, of course, at Fox News and at Outkick, which is kind of an extended arm of our Fox News family. Mm -hmm. We want to get into the digital space as you're doing, as I've been doing for many years now. We have to reach people where they are. So I want to continue to do that, have honest conversations. We need to talk about culture. We need to talk about sports, pop culture, all those things that previously Republicans and conservatives didn't touch. We need to be there and have those conversations. So I want to continue to do that. We've got a big election coming up. I want to get an America first Republican in that White House. I'm going to do everything that I can to make sure that the American people understand how important this next election is. So for now, I'm just going to keep, you know, my my head down, eyes up and focus on that goal. But I know that you're doing the same thing and reaching people in this digital space is so important and we got to keep doing it.
0: Let me ask you a hypothetical question that that America first a uh, presidential candidate wins and calls you up and says, "Hey, I need a White House press secretary." What would you say?
1: <laughs> uh, I don't think that's ever going to happen. Oh. Uh, but you know, I I would definitely consider it. Yeah. I'm not, and I give people a lot of credit that do that. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, Ivy League educated like Kaylee McEnany or some of the others that have held that position. Hold, hold, hold. I'm, I'm not, not sure I'm, that
0: sure I'm that not they... Ivy League edu- educated, and and I think that Amer- America is looking for plain speak folks nowadays, and so. Would you answer the call at least?
1: Oh, I absolutely would. And I don't think anybody could be worse than the person that's currently serving oh in that God. position., uh, so <laughs> I think that you know everything is on the table here. But my biggest goal and mission is to get an America first conservative, a constitutional conservative, as you said, into that White House because we got to save America. Nice. The time is ticking on this. It's the real apocalypse, not the climate apocalypse, but the apocalypse of our American values and traditions that are at stake. So I think we're just going to move forward with that. And, you know, I told you this many, many years ago, back when Trump first got elected, that I wanted to see you in there (laughs) as a secretary of defense or, or something in that realm. So I'm still hopeful that you'll answer that call because I would love to see you in there.
0: Well, you know, it's nothing like a good judo move. Where you take, you know, and you, 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 you bring your opponent's uh, weight back on themselves. So I guess I'll have to answer the call, too. Uh, maybe we will find ourselves together up there. But, Tommy, where can people follow you? Where can people support you? Where can people get your book? And uh, just, you know, keep you in prayer.
1: Well, my book is actually four years old today. So now nice. I feel old. But, uh, yeah. Oh, so the oh book you is four feel years old, old
0: okay? I'm over yeah. 60. Thank you.
1: Well, you, you look great. So whatever your skincare routine is, you got to drop it in the comments. But Black beyond that- Black don't crack. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm not blessed in that space. So that's something that will never help me. But- Uh, I love it. Uh, You can follow us on OutKick, of course. We're on OutKick Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and then Fox News. You can find me most every weeknight and weekend on Fox News somewhere. So I really appreciate your your advocacy and support through the years. Always,
0: and anytime, I will always answer your call to be on your show and to stand side-by-side with you. And uh, I'll be coming to Knoxville for the Texas A&M game, so maybe, just maybe, you can sneak down – over to Rocky top and uh, we can find some time to be there in nailing stadium for a football game.
1: I love it. Now I never let my husband hear me say this, but I will say go Vols for you because for him, I have to constantly root against the Vols because it gets under his skin, but I'll say What's it for co- you. What, go school, Vols. what
0: school is he from?
1: Oh, he went to Tennessee. That's why I root against them, but only, only in front of him to bother him, but he is very much a Vol like.
0: <laughs> well then he has to bring you and we're going to put you in orange.
1: All right. I'll do it. Well, I'll do it for you guys.
0: Thank you so much, Tommy. And God bless you And God keep you.
1: God bless you. Thank you so much.
0: All right. That's it. Awesome. Well,
1: thank you so much. It's great to talk to you from afar. And please do let us know if you're ever in the Nashville area too, because we'd love to have you. I will
0: be in Nashville uh, Veterans Day uh, this year.
1: Okay, great. So I will, awesome. I will
0: make sure that you know.
1: Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank and you, I'll Tommy. talk to you soon.
0: Mm-hmm. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank
1: you. God bless you.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for joining us on this episode of the Steadfast and Loyal podcast. Special shout out to a dear friend who now lives there in Nashville, Tennessee, Tommy Lauren, for her taking time to be with us on the podcast. And as always, click the like button if you like what you have seen here. Share it with others. And until next time, steadfast and loyal. Before they burn it down.